Keener, who wrote the grant, the New Jersey Fresh Grant, so our fourth grade students can visit the Robbinsville Hydroponic Farm. Uh, this evening we have eight of our fourth grade students who volunteer to speak to you about their learning experiences. And we're also joined by two important guests, Kyle Clement, who is the coordinator of the Hydroponic Farm, and Kevin Holt, who is the recreation manager for the township. They're going to start off by telling you a little bit about the farm, and then our students are going to share with you what they learned from their experience during the field trip back in November. So thank you. <coughs> so um, this all came out of a vision from Mayor Free in 2015, and um, took a couple years, and eventually in 2017, the fall, we were able to get the farm started, and here we are a year later, we've experienced so many great things. And um, Kyle's going to share where we're going in the future. So uh, variety is going to be the spice of 2019 for us. Uh, this past year, we've only grown uh, lettuces. Uh, there's a bunch of different varieties. But come 2019, we're going to expand our growing options uh, to more hardy green herbs. So we can do more, often more programs. I'm going to work with the uh, Sharon School to just kind of reinvigorate their uh, gardening initiative. Um, host additional field trips, uh, school tours, uh, presentations, you know, classroom offerings. Uh, and they just continue to grow and expand, no pun intended. <laughs> so uh, there were three core experiences during the field trip. The students uh, entered the old schoolhouse uh, where they convened as a large group and then where they were split up into three groups and they had three different ex experiences they rotated in between. The first experience was to go to the senior center where they built a mini hydroponic farm. They constructed it um, and they were able to take that lettuce home with them and watch it grow. The second experience was the visit to the Leafy Green Machine, which is the freight farm, where they're growing the lettuce. All right, and there's Kyle showing the students how the lettuce grows in the vertical farm. And the third experience was a trip into the library, where the students watched a video um, about Kimball Musk's, uh, Elon Musk's brother, Kimball Musk, who is leading this urban freight farm movement. Uh, and the students got to sample the hydroponic lettuce uh, in a salad, which they enjoyed. <laughs> so Sarah's going to be up and tell you a little bit about her experience. Hi, my name is Sarah, and what I enjoyed the most about the hydroponic farm field trip is the salad. It tasted really nice and fresh. And I used to think that, the so that plants could only be grown in soil, water, and sunshine outside, but now I know that Plants can be grown in small pods, hung vertically, inside. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Hi, my name is and this is what I learned, and this is what I enjoyed about the hydroponic farm. So, what I enjoyed about the farm was the science behind it, and especially the soil, because how all that nutrition in that um, hydroponic lettuce comes from that soil. And what I learned, and also thought of, was that how the technology was used, and this is different for how me and my grandfather, so we usually plant, and also with more pollution in, in the future, we may need more indoor farming instead of outdoor farming. All right, so the students during the trip uh, um, learned a little bit about the future of farming, and you, there you see them inside on the right in the library learning about the, the freight farming movement in urban centers where they're really challenged for space. And they also learned a little bit about the technology that the freight farms use to insulate the farms and keep the conditions at an optimal rate to grow the lettuce. Okay, Jenna, you're up. Thank you. Hi, my name is Jenna. What I enjoyed the most was seeing how the plants uh, grew after they were 
planted and that they and that that uh, they were almost a full head of lettuce only after two to three weeks. Uh, what I learned before going on the trip and I didn't know before was that I didn't was that the lettuce we get in the store isn't as fresh as it's supposed to be. Another cool thing was how they use the light to heat uh, how they use the light to heat and the lettuce from the farm uh, and the lettuce in the um, farm makes a big difference in this uh, in the speed of growth. Thank you. Thank you, Steven, share his experience. Hi, my name is Steven. Something I enjoyed the most that was that the salad with the bacon bits. And Kyle explained to us. And Kyle explained to us in the farm how the leaves absorb the light to affect the plants. And something I learned was how the machines did most of the work, like keeping the temperature, while Kyle does the monitoring of the farm's conditions. Thank you. I Iona's up next. Hi, my name is Iona, and my favorite part of the hydroponic farm was making connections at, um, for, to what we learned in school about living in non-living ecosystems. Something that I learned at the trip and I didn't know before was every um, six weeks or so, the hydroponic farm gets about 200 heads of lettuce with only a small amount of soil. It's a high number for small. Thank you. Thank you, Iona. Right, so during the trip, the students learned a little bit about their community. On the left, you see Mayor Freed. He made a, a little visit during the first trip uh, that we uh, went over to the hydroponic farm. And there you see the leafy green machine in the back with a big F on it. And that's the students in the little old schoolhouse. Um, so it was really neat for them to kind of connect with their community and learn about how communities are organized and how people work together in partnership. All right, Michael. Hi, my name is Michael, and um, something that I enjoyed was um, like how fresh the lettuce was and how we're growing it in Robbinsville. Um, something that I learned during the trip that I didn't know before was that store packages say fresh, but it's actually not true because it, the video that we watched in the library showed us that um, it, the lettuce and all the produce travels from west to east and it's miles and by the time it gets to us and somebody buys it, it loses all its nutrients. Thank you, Michael. Are you cycle? Right, Siri's experiences? Hi, my name is Siri and I enjoyed um, a connection that I made. In third grade, we did an experiment to grow plants without soil, and the farm used different LED lights to support the plant's growth. When we did it, we didn't use LED lights, and there's, um, there's I know now know that there's another way. And also, I learned how important, how they plant the seed, and how important the light is to make it grow a full head of lettuce in just six weeks. Thank you. All right, and lastly, please. Hi, my name is Izzy, and what I liked about the trip was that the old schoolhouse gave me more information about the history of education in America. And making our hydroponic farm and watching it grow, you can pull the big, leaf, big leaves off and it still grows. What I learned during that trip is that how, the, the, they, how they plant the seeds and how important the light is to make it grow to full, to, into a full head of lettuce in just six short weeks. 
Okay, and it was really neat for the students, as uh, Izzy just mentioned, connecting the past to today and really making those connections about their learning, um, but in, in new ways with new technology and innovation. So just want to take a moment to recognize all the people that were involved in this process. Mrs. Keener uh, writing the grant to all the people who were involved in making the decisions to make this trip possible. It was only an hour and about 20 minutes long, but all these people came together to help inspire students to be open-minded and curious and passionate about the future of farming and also about their own learning. So, thank you. And I know Mr. Holt and Mr. Clement have a parting gift for the board members this evening, so uh, they'll be passing out some of the letters to you. And thank you for Our little effective communicators here, our fourth graders, yes, and I awesome. know. Um, you know, thinking about look at these little bouquets of lettuce. Yeah, you get to keep it. Um, the whole thing. Um, you know, the innovative thinking behind hydroponic farm and the informed and involved citizenship. So it really shows you about people already. So thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you all for coming out tonight. That was great. Thank you, honey. <laughs> Very exciting to see Kyle and Kevin here. It's a great job that our kids are doing here. I have a comment and a question. The comment is for the young gentleman in the red tie. Is that I really like bacon bits as well. <laughs> so good job with the bacon bits. And secondly, where were you guys during Thanksgiving when none of us could get romaine lettuce? Uh, <laughs> pressure. Right now. Do you announce your announcement? Yes. So, so. Uh, February. 2019, we are releasing a, a CSA program, uh, program where you can purchase lettuce. It'll be limited supply, uh, but it will be available uh, in February, and details will be on our website, uh, robinsville.net. So, support to it. That's great. And um, I know that we're really excited about partnering. Uh, we have some other plans in the work, I think, also for other grade levels and even high school. So, we're excited, yes. and, um, you know, we look forward to more. More growing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Did you um, pass out samples of lettuce to the, some of the kids at lunch today? Yes. yes. Okay, because I had a child come home and he says he's going to eat salad now. So thank you very much. Wow. There you go. Oh, no, I'll, I'll take it. Very nice. Perfect. 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 You can, the, the little nub, you can put that in water. I got lettuce two weeks ago. Yes. It lasted two weeks for my family because I put it in. I would take some leaves off and it just it's continued to grow in the water yeah. on my kitchen. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, you're just Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah.
chairs up here in the front and yeah. kind of around. We'll try to get some more chairs in. Um, in the meantime, we'll continue with Mr. Bertel, who's in the back, who's going to acknowledge our fall sports athletes. I don't know, Mr. Bertel, they have a tough act to follow Yeah, I know. It's true. Did you bring Uh, first off, I want to thank you guys for inviting us. Um, our Robbinsville Athletic Department and our, our fall athletic teams just finished a pretty successful uh, fall season. Uh, we just started our winter season. Uh, some of our athletes that we're going to talk about tonight are actually over there right now uh, playing basketball. Um, so, again, just want to thank you. We want to recognize some of our teams and some of our players who uh, earned some individual honors in, in, in the fall of 2018. Uh, well, first, We'll start with our cheerleading squad. That's Coach Kenny back there. I represent um, yeah. all, all, all the cheerleaders are in our gym right now, basically cheering for our basketball team. Um, it's the first time we had a winter program in, in a few years. The gym is very loud and exciting because they're in there. But we're here to honor the fall team, which basically is a lot of the same girls, most of them. Um, they just going to read what kind of what she gave me. The varsity cheerleading team won first place in the all-music division at the CVCs yeah. for the fifth year in a row and had the second highest score of the entire competition at 21 teams. Yeah. Our varsity also won the best choreography award yeah. designed by Coach Kenny herself. <laughs> and, um, and they actually, in, in the JV um, category, our JV actually took third place as well. So yeah. very good program, Coach Kenny. Next up is our cross-country team, so I'm going to ask you guys to come on forward and come on up here. We're going to talk about you guys a little bit. You know? <laughs> You're not as eager as those young guys that were running. Um, our cross, first off, our cross-country team, the girls' team um, as, a, as a whole won CDC division, uh, division champs for the eighth, eighth time, eighth year in a row, uh, yeah. which is pretty, pretty, pretty awesome. Our boys team was a group two state qualifier for the 13th year in a row, um, and in group two overall, the whole state took sixth place, which is pretty good accomplishment. <laughs> These guys represent our, um, our boys team, Jared Taylor, um, Dean G G uh, Gervasini, and uh, Dan White. They all placed in top 25 at the MCT championships. Um, Dan was also an individual qualifier for the group two state championship, and he took fifth overall in Central Jersey uh, Group 2. So you have very nice. fast gentlemen. <laughs> um, 
and Aleka. They both represent our girls' soccer program. Uh, Claire Herrera. Uh, Claire made the Mercer 33 team as a defender, which is pretty, a, a pretty big accomplishment throughout the whole county. She was recognized by the coaches of Mercer County as one of the top 33 players in the county. Uh, being that she's a defender, she was recognized on sheer hard work, hustle, and drive because, you know, it's not about goals, it's about defense with Claire. Um, Claire also made third team all CBC. As a senior captain, she was a great role model and uh, will be hard to replace. They are words from her coach, Coach Curran. Um, we have Aleka Fatiu. Uh, Aleka joined the varsity starting lineup as a freshman this year. Uh, to say she made her mark is an understatement. Aleka made Mercer 33, second team All-CBC, and is a 2018 All-State selection. She will be attending the All-State Banquet in January, on uh, January 20th, and could be named as one of the top 20 athletes in Central Jersey. Her yeah. talent is limit limitless, and the next three years should uh, look very bright for her. So we have a lot of... Fatiu's, by the way, are a very big soccer family, because this is George Fatiu, and he represents our boys' soccer program. Um, George is a senior who won coach's first team All-CBC as a midfielder. Um, he was the 2018 Midfielder of the Year. He was also named Trentonian first team All-CBC. He's uh, played in our Mercer County All-Star, Senior All-Star Game, and he's also um, part of the State Senior All-Star Game. Um, you're going to go play on, right? Man, where are you playing on it? Oh, I don't know yet. Not yet? All right, all right. Sorry. Come on over. Good job. Yeah, Um, we have Matt Giordano and Danny Sertz. Um, Matt Giordano was named first team uh, WJFL Classic Division All-League as a wide receiver and, our punt and a punter. And Dan Sertz um, as a defensive back. Danny was also a quarterback on our team. Um, and if you came out to watch him play, uh, he's very talented back there as well. Um, our football team is on the rise. We're 4-6 and six this year, and we're headed in the right direction, and we're looking forward to you know, these guys um, you know, helping us out again next year. So we're good to go. Congratulations. Not here tonight. Our field hockey team went 14 and 4. They're very good. Um, they were also CBC Valley Division champs. Um, they won a bunch of awards. Shea Walsh, um, Times Trenton Player of the Year. Uh, she was also CBC Offensive Player of the Year. And Olivia Moser, who's our goalie, she was a CBC uh, Goalie of the Year. Uh, Olivia and Shay, along with Amanda Allen and Grace Maslach, all were named first team um, All-CBC. A very successful field hockey um, season. And one thing, I saw a lot of field hockey in the fall. Uh, that team was a very, it was a pleasure to watch them play. They played as a team, and, um, and, they, and they worked well as a team. And a lot of their success was about a group as a whole. So um, congratulations to our field hockey team. to win their first CBC Valley Division championship ever, um, and they are very excited to put a banner up in our gym, and um, we were happy, um, like I said, that they, that to add to you know, tennis and, and, and their program as well. Uh, one thing I do want to uh, point out, and, and George, you were part of this, um, we had a senior night kind of here at, 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 uh, at Robbinsville. Robbinsville played Nottingham High School. Um, 
we had, I just want to kind of just talk about the atmosphere of this kind of uh, event that we had. Um, we honored a, uh, a, a young man and uh, a senior on our team, and um, Nottingham and, and our program came together to kind of, I've been around high school sports for about 20 years now, and I really quite have never seen anything like I saw that night, where you had fans from both teams kind of on the same side, players from both teams on the same side, and the atmosphere was a very, really, really special atmosphere out there. And I, and I just wanted to kind of point out our, our boys' soccer program and also Nottingham High School soccer, soccer program and Nottingham High School because they stepped up and really um, participated in the whole event and uh, put on a really, really nice show that night for a kind of uh, high school sports. Um, if you were there, you know what I'm talking about. It was a pretty, pretty special night. So I just wanted to make sure that, that, that we talked about that as well. So I just want to, one more time, we'll give them, these guys, a, a round of applause. And, uh, congratulations to all of you. Thank you for having us. And come support us in the winter. We're out there right now. We just started. All right? Okay. We'll do it. All right, guys, good job. Thank you. Congratulations to all of you again. Great job. Good job, guys. And then finally this evening, I have a little addendum that I'm going to read here. I'm uh, wrapping up 2018 and wrapping up my presidency on the Rollins Board of Education. I'd like to take a couple of minutes to offer a few thoughts as to what we've accomplished over the past year. Um, we can't look back at 2018 and say we did not have our share of challenges and disagreements over certain issues, but I firmly believe that's all part of a healthy debate and a vibrant democracy. I've long believed and have encouraged board members to vote their conscience. I don't believe it's healthy that every vote be unanimous. We're nine individuals elected by the people to represent our students, our district, and our town as a whole. That means we come to meetings either at the committee level or with the full board committed to doing what we feel is right. As you know, many times we agree, sometimes we do not. In the end, I hope that our board has been able to put our differences aside and do what's right for our students. Putting those differences aside, I want to focus on many of the great things we've done collectively in the past year. Let's go over a few. First, I'm enormously proud that our district spent virtually every month focused on improving security in our schools. School security is a national issue, and it's a local issue as well. While improving our educational programs is at the core of what we do day in and day out, the reality is that if our schools are not secure, we're constantly vulnerable. In this area, our board has employed many great tools and measures over the past year. As you know, we've added two additional school resource officers, permanent additions at Pond Road Middle School and Sharon Elementary School. I've heard from teachers and administrators, students and parents, that this resource has changed the dynamic of our buildings in many positive ways. Keep in mind these officers help with security, but they're also partners with our administrative team, our faculty, our student body in many positive ways. This partnership started with a simple phone call to our mayor, and it's a clear reason why our community must maintain good relations with our township administration. On behalf of our board, I'd like to thank our mayor, our council, our police chief Nitty, and his team, as well as our school resource officers, Ed Vincent, Ponderone SRO Kevin Colgan, and Sharon School SRO Melissa Alonzo. On the educational front, we have many reasons to be thankful as well. Thanks in part to a substantial increase in state funding, we've been able to add critically needed resources to all of our schools. Several new teachers, guidance counselors, administrative leaders, and support personnel 
additional after-school security, sports at Pond Road, additional supplies for our classrooms and curriculum, new clubs, and a plan to replace badly needed Chromebooks in several schools. We've also hired a new cleaning service for our schools. They start in the new year. That's something that I've been very, that's been important to me and others on the board. We're also utilizing a new service that will ensure our cleaning service provides all of the services that this district is paying for. We've also put substantial money aside in a capital project budget, an account that will help us make some badly needed upgrades and repairs on issues that have, that have been pushed aside for several years because of a lack of funding. This additional funding has helped enable us to do all of these things while holding the line on taxes this past year. While our tax rate may still be too high, hopefully this new baseline for state aid will be able to add even more in the coming years and still be mindful of the tax burden <laughs> that our residents shoulder. Our board and our district are already looking at doing great things in 2019 as well. I am proud and grateful for the time that I've been able to lead our board and serve our community. I'm not going anywhere. I still have two more years on my term. Part of my goal this year has been to groom a new generation of new leaders for our district. I think we're well on our way to making that happen. I want to thank our board for your confidence in my leadership, and I look forward to serving the remainder of my turn, helping our board and our district do even more. Finally, I want to wish our district, our students and staff, and their families a happy and healthy holiday season. I hope the break gives them time to come back refreshed and energized as we look forward to making 2019 an even greater year for our students, staff, and administrators here in Robinsville. Thank you all very much. are so grateful for your leadership. We look Thank forward you. to um, you continuing to serve. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, just say, wiser, uh, right? Yeah, exactly. Always, Always wiser. wiser. Always wiser. I just want to say thanks, Rich, for your hard work yeah. and leadership um, and for making my first year on the board a positive experience. So, yeah, thank you, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, you all. And we're, I'm done. Okay. It's my turn. <laughs> yeah, she's out. He's out. Just recognizing a board member who is uh, finishing her term as of tonight, um, and that is our very own Miss um, Leslie D. Um, Leslie has served on the board for the past three years, and um, I, it, fun fact: if you don't know, she was um, uh, many years in human resources, which is why Fran and I are going to miss her terribly because with her eagle eye and her copy editor master she always helped us find mistakes that we would look at three or four times and still not see so um, we're really going to miss um, your help with that more importantly though Leslie has a huge heart and she balances all of the things that we need with policy with also understanding what each student needs and she's always been an advocate um, for our students and for our teachers um, and she's a champion for both and um, we are going to truly miss you um, now another fun fact about Leslie is she doesn't like chocolate I mean uh, she likes certain chocolate let's just put it that way so um, this year we want to we know you like your protein, and so um, we, we want to honor you. This is our parting gift for the three years, and um, we are so grateful for your service, and you will be sorely missed. We love you.
thank you, uh, Leslie, for your service in three years. This is not an easy job, as most people know. It's you know, time-consuming. We spend many more hours than we do one week, one night a month at our board meetings. And you've been an asset to our district, and we certainly appreciate your time and effort. Thanks. Thank you all for asking Thank you. Work together, guys. We will. We will. No okay. issue with that. Um, uh, so the next, I always just like to um, uh, draw your attention to the enrollment of report. As you can see, you know, we have some vari variations occasionally, um, but we are still continuing to expand and welcome new students into our, into our classrooms and our schools. Um, we got to celebrate Sharon School, which I'm thrilled, um, some of the good work that's going on. So I thought I would do the opposite end, and then we'll highlight Pond in the middle um, next month. But I just, um, if, for those of you that might not have seen, there was a, a really great article um, that talked about um, Robbinsville High School as one of 39 New Jersey schools uh, who are listed on the College Board District Honor Roll and that's for um, AP courses. And the way in which, and there are 39, you can look in the article, the way in which you get um, to be a part of that honor roll is that they look at um, your trajectory <coughs> over the years and they look at the num increase in number of students who are enrolled in advanced uh, placement classes, um, the demographics of advanced placement uh, students, and um, the scores and the increase in students who are earning an AP score of three or higher. And we've had, um, you know, you can see, um, and I know we've done this in testing presentations, but you see um, a, a, an increase, a rise each year. So kudos um, to our staff. And I, I always attribute, you know, it, it's, it takes the village, right? So we start with kindergarten and we build and we move up. Um, so all of our, um, teachers uh, and certainly high school teachers uh, as well and our administrators for helping provide support and encouraging students to reach and stretch themselves um, and challenge themselves to take higher and more challenging courses so um, it's a great article and you know I hope you get to, to check it out and that's my report thank today. you very much <laughs> questions anyone on board? seeing none uh, Beth, school business administrator. Um, good evening. Um, I'm going to give a budget update, and there's going to be many more of these to come. We're going to do it at every board meeting that we hold. Um, I just put a few slides together to make it easier. Not a problem. Um, but I did want to mention we have our um, reorg meeting in early January coming up, and you were provided tentative meeting dates for the Board of Ed and the committees, and I just wanted you to review them. If you had any comments or concerns, just email me back directly with Fran, copy Fran McKenna, and we'll take a look if you have any comments or concerns, because it does get board approved at the upcoming reorg meeting. Um, you know, our 2019-2020 um, budget is well underway within the departments. Um, there's still a lot of work to do, but I just wanted to give you an update of where we are, where we're going, and some things we'll be talking about in January, in February, and in March. Um, let's see. The hours, right? Yeah. Yeah. So just as a refresher, I wanted to go over the budget calendar, where we are. Um, the first real date, release of state aid, is no later than February 28th, which is two days after the governor's budget address, <coughs> and that's when we know 
our true numbers. And this year, we're supposed to know our true numbers, not in July, like they've done in the past two years with additional state aid. So if we will get additional state aid again, it will be on February 28th, we'll know. Um, March 12th is a new tentative board meeting we're, we're proposing for budget discussion only. Uh, March 19th is when the preliminary budget hearing would take place and submission to the state, because based on the, the, the budget calendar that state issues, March 20th is the last day for submission. So we're going to have a special meeting on the 12th and the 19th. Um, the next date, um, April 27th, it's just for the Board of Ed. That's the date they have to approve us to begin our April public hearing. Um, the public hearing on this, this year's calendar is anywhere from April 24th to May 3rd. We have a scheduled board meeting tentative on that calendar for April 30th. So that would be a board meeting and the public hearing and adoption of the budget. And May 14th is the last day to adopt the budget, but we would do it earlier. So that's just a refresher of where we are by the state guidelines of dates we have to meet. Um, this was given out, um, I think it was last month. Um, Dr. Forster went over just what we did with that additional state aid for the 2018-19 school year, and it's by category. Um, a lot of it is one time as well as recurring. So the recurring costs would have to now go into the 1920 budget. So this is our basis for starting the budget for additional positions, additional purchase services. So I broke that out of what those additional um, recurring costs of the three and a half million additional state aid is. And we're at about 1.6 million of recurring costs that would need to be in the 1920 budget. Um, we had new positions, the salary and benefits. We had some underfunded sports and, and unfunded, underfunded clubs as well. We um, added instructional supplies in the classrooms and Chromebooks, and we also did a purchase professional services and other smaller contracts. Um, mostly this was the custodial contract. So that's where we come up with what we spent this year in 2018-19 with that additional state aid we received late in the year in July. So that's above and beyond what we set our initial budget for. Because our initial budget we set, as you saw my dates, back in April. But the state was kind enough to give us state aid we were well deserved and due. And that's where the three and a half million came in and that's where this is coming from. Um, so in 1920, looking at what we did this year with the additional state aid, we're working, we're, it's a work in progress. We'll have definitely tighter numbers, or we'll have numbers in January, February, March. Um, of where we are in our expenditure projections. Um, so we're looking at, you know, increases that aren't in this budget yet of salaries or annual salaries. Any insurance increases, last year we had a workers' comp, um, bad claims that in increased our premiums, our pension costs, prescription, um, special ed tuition, we'll be looking at our population, where we budgeted, where we are today. Um, same with transportation. And then new instructional staff requests. We had budget meetings with all our department heads um, last month. They gave new requests in as well as staffing needs of what they feel they need in their buildings and their departments. So we're taking all these increases plus um, the money I said from 1819 we have to budget 
And then there was, a, um, you know, we're looking at decreases as well in reallocation of revenue and expenditures. And one big area will be health benefit savings and how to use that. And we're recommending to use it for capital reserve, for needed projects around the buildings, as we're not sure this is going to be a recurring saving. So we want to do one-time expenditures with that. Let's see what else. I just wanted to really go over revenues, what, what the district receives as revenue and how we use it. So local revenue is our general fund tax levy, our debt service tax levy, and any miscellaneous revenue that we may generate. It could be from um, student activity fees, building use fees. So we have all that is considered local revenue. Then we go into state um, revenue. And in preparing our budget this year, we're assuming flat. That means the three and a half million. But we are entitled to more. So February 28th, when our state numbers come out, we'll know whether we are going to get more than flat. But the initial budget is, has to be based on flat because we don't really know if they're going to fully fund the formula and keep funding it. We heard yes, we heard no, we heard maybe. <laughs> so at this point, we're not sure. So when we develop our budget, up until we get our state aid numbers, it's going to be flat, and then we'll have a list of priorities should we get more money and how we want to use them. Um, and then federal revenue we get, it's really grants, it's IDA and ESSA, which was the old title money. We budget that, we're required to budget that, and no more than 85%, it's never guaranteed, and we get it well after our budget struck, or the numbers, so we don't, it's not prudent to budget 100% this year, we don't know what we'll get. So that's our revenues. Um, I just wanted to talk about what we did in this year's budget. We had an April um, board approval of our tax levy for general fund only of $37.9 million. Part of that $3.5 million we used to reduce that levy. We didn't, um, so it's just a revenue, revenue swap. We didn't change our spending. So we took some of that additional revenue and reduced the tax levy, and we held taxes flat for the taxpayer. That was a board vote. That was a board decision back in July. Um, and I just wanted to say going into 1920, in order to keep, you know, if just some scenarios for the board to think about, not tonight, but as we're working in January, February, March, if we want to do the same, we need to come up with the, that same 613000 in order to offset. So that number to keep taxes flat would have to be the same. If we wanted to decrease taxes, it would be the 613 plus whatever we wanted to decrease. And if we wanted to increase to our 2% cap, it's really the net of the two. So taxes would go up, but really it's the net because this is already built in. And that's, that's just where we're going to, those are the things we're going to work out in the next couple months of where we want to be with, with our spending and with hopefully additional state aid, which would be nice. And that was really just an update tonight in December. Like I said, we have January board meeting, we'll have a February board meeting, and we'll have two meetings in March before the submittal. So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't state aid released late the past year or two? It was it released right? the additional state aid. So the first numbers came out on that? Last year it came out late because it was a new governor. There's a law that allows when you have a new governor elected, they can postpone it for two weeks. Mm -hmm. So that's correct. We did have a postponement last year, but that statute is the date two days after the governor's address. This year, it's the fourth Tuesday in February, which is the 26th, and state aid is required to be released two days after. There is no postponement unless they write a law, but there's no current law on the books.
Um, that additional state aid we got, we got it in 2018-19 in July, and we got it in 2017-18 in July. That was the first time the state ever did something like that. I don't anticipate that happening. Um, <laughs> you're laughing, you could. There's no saying it can or it will or it won't. Um, I don't anticipate it. I do believe if we are going to get an increase, it will be on our February 28th state aid notification. Okay. So, yes. I'm just going to make a comment about. So I think keeping holding flat is a good idea. I think you know there's. Uh, I had a conversation with someone who worked in the state today, and I think there's a couple of things that are floating around. One is the potential for a recession. Are we heading into a recession? So I think you know the governor. It's his first year. He's going to be conservative. Um, so that's number one. Number two, I do think. Without additional aid, what we're taking from the overfunded districts are not enough to That's meet correct. the laws. That is correct. And so, if there are other things going up, like state pensions, etc., um, and they don't have extra money to come, then even if they take from you know an overfunded district, that is not enough to fund the two laws right. they just passed. Right. That's so, correct. So, I suspect we will be back in Trenton. Yeah. I mean, the two laws that they passed for state aid is facing over seven years. So could they give it to us this year for a 1920? Yes. Will they be able to give it to us every year? No. As, as um, Ms. Luciano said, there, that money will run out. There's not enough in that pot of underfunded to, to fund the, I mean, the overfunded to fund the underfunded. So that is correct. Um, the next couple of years, there probably is, but they're going to be careful with the recession coming and how much money they're bringing in. Um, okay. Other questions? I, I guess I only have one other thing. Absolutely. I know we've been talking kind of as a board about um, um, direction for uh, Oh, I did. I didn't well. mean to say yeah, that. Yeah. Are we going to talk a little bit about, I know you've heard from two people. So I have some thoughts. I don't know if other people had some that's thoughts. And we can actually talk about that tonight as well, or if you want to send it to me separately. It's probably um, best to hear from everyone and we'll put a Right. So one of the things I know the board um, <coughs> president, vice president asked is more input from the board members when we develop the budget. Um, that was in the November board meeting. I did hear from two board members. I put their comments in the minutes, so you should have gotten them. And, um, you know, that will be part of the discussions moving forward as well. What can we fund? What can't we fund? You know, what is it you, the board prioritizes? And certainly, right after I shut down the presentation, that would be a great discussion um, to have if the, any board members have comments or input on this process. Just a question. We have a January 9th. Uh, that's a reorganization meeting. January no, 9th the, is that's the reorganization the Oh, that's something that's different. Is the uh, yeah, uh, this calendar, strategic, strategic planning, mm -hmm. is that budget-based? Strategic planning, it's or overall, something? I would say goals. Mm -hmm. right. I, thought it was, it's, I it's, thought it was budget. Planning. This is not This is not really a budget meeting. That's what the. That's not what I believe right. the intent of it was. Okay. Um, the next meeting would be January, if it's approved, would be January 29th, and we would really. I would have really solid numbers at that point as far as our salary increases or. My, my point increases. was that if, I thought the January 6th was the day that you wanted us to have kind of like a public discussion amongst the, the nine of us sitting in the room on budget, but if that's not what you're looking that's for, not what I, I said my comments you before You had feedback from two. I suggest we hear from the full board before we start talking about two individual requests. Yeah. Right. So let's postpone that tonight yeah. and move on to January. 
we'll have a more thorough discussion. Why don't we all just email? Or yeah, that email actually, church, right. email myself, and that could bring, be, and then we your concerns could be brought up at the strategic yes, okay. planning. Yeah, but I wasn't going into yeah, detailed budget can, numbers, if that was what you wanted. Yeah, I just, I just, let's wait on yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Perfect. That's great. That's what I'm saying. Yes, yes. Thank you. January 6th is strategic planning. January 3rd is the New York Beth, anything else? But um, that was it. Unless okay, anyone you. had any questions for me questions. about anything upcoming. Thank you very How much. Can January 6th be a meeting when that's a Sunday? It's January 9th, I think. It's January 9th is, oh, a, is the board retreat. <laughs> January 3rd is the reorg meeting. Next up is the... Uh, Student government report, Ms. Kelly Herbert, who's president of the Robinsville High School Executive Council. Hi, Kelly. Hello. So, for sports, boys basketball had their home opener this past Friday. Unfortunately, they lost. However, many people in the community came out to support. For wrestling, Garrett Bilgrave won his 100th match, and they had two champions at the last tournament, including Garrett Bilgrave and Jeff Malazzo. The model UN club competed in a conference at Rutgers University, and they took home four gavels, including three outstanding delegation awards and one most improved delegation award. In January, they will be going to Yale University to compete in another conference. The newspaper club is working hard to publish their special holiday awards. The Pet Rescue Club had a pet supply drive and they collected over 356 pounds of pet supplies. The One Projects Club and the Thea Star of Hope Club worked together on a holiday drive for CHOP's Child Life Education and Creative Arts Therapy Program in which they were able to collect over 150 toys and activities to be donated. For the Executive Council notes, there will be another opportunity in the winter for students to submit club proposals. Senior students and RHS teachers have been preparing for the annual teacher versus student basketball game that will take place during this year's winter pep rally. Senior basketball students will coach their peers against the RHS staff. For our PEI reflection this month, each grade will focus on a specific task within PEI. Ninth graders will, will learn to use evidence optimism and perspective to fight counterproductive thoughts, while 10th through 12th graders We'll learn to recognize the differences among the spectrum of communication. And that's it for this month. Thank you very much. Questions from the board? Seeing none, moving on to the Pond Road Middle School Student Report. Hannah James. Hannah here. Uh, yeah. Oh, there you are. There. Uh, so this past month, Sharon has had many festive dress-up days and events that the kids enjoy participating in. This past Friday was Candy Cane Day. And this week there's a theme for each day. So Monday was Fuzzy Flannel Day. Today was Winter White Day. Tomorrow is Ugly Sweater Day. Thursday is Festive Wear Day. And Friday is Winter Sing Along and Winter Wonderland Day. Um, Pond has also had a month filled with meetings, clubs, athletics, and shows. They've had Math League and Math Olympiad practices throughout the month. They have also had early action play unified meetings. On December 9th, they had their 7th through 12th grade Winter Choral Concert as well. Um, and their athletic teams have also begun their seasons and will continue them in the new year. Both schools are looking forward to the new year and setting goals with their students. Thank you very much. Questions from the board? One comment. I didn't know we had a student newspaper. Is it possible to get a copy to the board for the next meeting? Take a look at what it is? Yeah, it's all online. Yeah, we can board it. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you. Anything else? Thank you, ladies. Moving along to committee reports. We're starting with education, development, policy. Ms. D, for your last report. Yeah. But I just want to, I think you should just come up. 
Well, that's next, right? Yeah. Okay. Each committee chair is invited to highlight items discussed during this month's committee meetings. He or she, if he or she so chooses, for members of the public, a copy of each committee report is on file at the board office. The committee reports are also available for review in a binder in the front of the room. Where is that binder? Starting next month, will be available in the binder. <laughs> 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 but it's also online. But they're also online. Yeah. 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 So we met on Thursday, December 13th. And members present were myself, uh, Sharon DeVito, Lisa Temple, Sarah Paluzzi, Amanda Carpena, uh, Kim Tu, and Kathy Foster. We had a first reading policy of social media, social media archiving. And it's, uh, this policy is new and something the district needs to begin to do with all official social media accounts. Uh, we had no second reading policies. Uh, we also looked at the approval process for plays and music principles, and I will, I'll read this one to you guys, I know this, this was at last board meeting, some parents expressed concern about the subject matter of the uh, fall drama, and we were curious about the approval process. The play and musical are ultimately approved by the assistant superintendent and the superintendent, and this play was advertised as PG-13. The district tried, tries to balance shows, and while this one had darker themes and geared more for older audiences, Beauty and the Beast, which is the spring musical, has a wider message. We also uh, looked at the program of studies for the 2019-2020 school year for the high school. Uh, we are still going over the universal homework policy and Dr. Chu is attending, attending a webinar about homework uh, this past week and she's going to give us more information at the end. Um, we are still uh, working in, on the random drug testing policy. Um, we're currently drafting a policy and we'll share with the full board in January. And we talked about pond and sharing clubs. And uh, there's proposed clubs which include yoga, running, creative writing, robotics, and we're going to work with uh, the union to come to a final agreement. And at the next meeting, we're going to discuss special education programming. And our next meeting will be Tuesday, January 15th. That's it. Thank you. Questions, report. Seeing none, moving along to personnel, Ms. Luciano. Yes, so personnel met on December 11th, and in attendance was uh, Ms. Day, Mrs. DeVito, uh, Mr. Weiss, and Kathy Foster, myself. And um, we reviewed the, the regular agenda. I'll highlight two things. Um, uh, one is um, there's been an increased number of referrals um, for special need three-year-olds. Mm -hmm. And so we will be looking for to add a preschool program, a preschool classroom, um, for next year. Um, and um, the position will be posted uh, for approval at the January board meeting. Uh, the second thing I would just like to talk about is teacher retention. I think that came up from uh, a couple of the board members, and I thought I would just kind of share that with the public because I think that's a good thing to share. So this is year-over-year year statistics, which we had asked to look at. And um, uh, for prior to 9 of 2017, so the year prior, ending 9 um, 2017, we had lost 31 um, staff members. Um, 14 from the high school, 9 from Pond, 6 from Sharon, and 2 from Special Services. And then this past year ending uh, 9 of 18, 
um, that went down to nine losses for the district. And that was um, five from uh, high school, none from Pond, only one from um, Sharon, and three from student services. And these numbers included retirements, resignations. So you would not ever expect that number to be zero because we have, you know, um, people are living lives, things happen, people relocate, people retire, et cetera. Um, but I do think I want to commend, you know, the administration and all of the teachers. I think we have, you know, um, um, through negotiations, um, done some things to improve teacher retention. And I hope that beyond that, that, you know, uh, some of it is the PD we're, you know, we're offering. I think we are cutting edge on uh, some of the PE we're offering, the security changes that we're making, et cetera. So I just want to give administration credit um, and, and um, the employees credit for creating an environment that I think is, is adding to retention. And that's all I have to say. Questions? Questions. I think, you know, we can't not say it. Salaries have also gone up in the base contract, and that has played a role as well. And, you know, that's something we'll have to continue to look at in the coming years as we look to retain our best and brightest teachers in our district. Can't ignore what we're, you know, if we're not paying what's on market with other towns in the area, or else we'll go back on that trend of, you know, I tell people my own daughter in middle school had five math teachers over five years. Five math teachers leave midstream in five years. And that's, you know, a critical time for young women in particular to take math. And it's unacceptable and shouldn't be. So we need to continue to look at the ways to address this, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I'm just one. I'll jump in real quick. Thanks for sharing those numbers. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, I just, you know, two years ago, when you think of where we were with, you know, te teacher retention, biggest concern, a lot of people come to the meetings bringing that up. Um, rightfully so, um, like, you know, echoing what Woodward said, and to see it go from 31 to 9 in a year, that's something to be pretty proud of, it really is, so great job. That's something we have to maintain as well. Absolutely. And we have to Absolutely. Right, exactly. Thank you. Others? Finance, facilities, and transportation. Uh, Mr. Galluccio is going to read those this evening. Thank you. Good evening. FFT met on December 12th, 5.30. In attendance were myself. Jane Luciano, Rich Young, Kathy Foster, Beth Brooks, Kim Keener. Um, we discussed shared, a, a shared services agreement with the township for a calendar 2019 year for automotive repair services and for salt purchases. We also talked about an RFP for a custodial, custodial monitoring contract with ETH Advocate. Ms. Keener recommended the current all-clean staff to be interviewed by Pritchard, as many of the current staff have been recent hires. Um, Ms. Brooks also discussed an RFP three-year rotation schedule for an auditor and for the architect. And in terms of the 2019-2020 budget planning, Ms. Brooks provided FFT with the 2018-19 additional state aid spending plan that are reoccurring costs and need to be included in the 2020 budget. This includes approximately $1.6 million in new positions, new clubs, unfund new or unfunded clubs, um, custodial services, and supplies. As discussed earlier, two board members shared their recommendations for the 2020 budget development process, and other board members are encouraged to do so as well. Ms. Brooks provided FFT with two articles on the Cadillac tax for employee health care plans. 
the Cadillac tax is a provision of the Affordable Care Act that has now been postponed until 2022. The article recommended language to be used when negotiating a new contract. Ms. Brooks stated that the 2018 CAFR, uh, Comprehensive Audited Financial Report, must be finalized within 30 days of receiving the missing information from the state on pension liabilities, which will most likely be at the end of January. Um, FFT reviewed the monthly transportation report, and uh, FFT also reviewed the quarterly report from the Food Services Director. Um, Advocate has begun working on the RFP for the 2020 school year. In terms of facilities, Mrs. Keener updated FFT on the ESIP Phase 2 resolution to award a project development agreement with Honeywell. And Fire Security Technologies, FST, is recommended for approval for our annual fire alarm device inspections. Quotes were received, and FST is a certified EST fire panel specialist. Construction updates um, with the RIHS vestibule. Um, the RHS transaction window is being coordinated with the contractor to be completed over the holiday break. And Mrs. Keener discussed two capital projects in process for the summer of 2019, which includes the, um, the SES roofing project and the Pond Road Middle School HVAC unit replacement project. A uh, full detailed version of these minutes will be available on the website as discussed starting this month. The meeting adjourned at 7.23 p.m. No meeting will be, uh, the next meeting will be on Wednesday, January 23rd. Okay, questions? We also talked about replacing the, I'm oh, sorry. I just had a comment. I want to sure. thank the uh, board members for their willingness to try to move the meeting to accommodate my birthday. <laughs> Unfortunately, it did not work, but I really appreciate everybody uh, yeah. trying to. Uh, Happy birthday again. A delicious pizza from uh, uh, pizza parlor was uh, yeah. delicious. It was nomad pizza, so thank you. Happy birthday. Thank you. We also talked about replacing the, the cement out back at one point. Yes. Yes. Possibly this summer. First summer project. Sorry, I'm trying to. And then I just want to throw something out there. I mentioned the board earlier. You know, we are replacing our cleaning company. I was at a middle school wrestling tournament for my son yesterday in another district, and our bathrooms look like those look like they belonged in a Mercedes dealership. Well, compared to the state of the bathrooms at this, I'm not going to say the district in this, in this school. <laughs> so even I've been a big complaint when we've had issues. Kim knows this because I'm I've emailed, emailed her how many times over the past year, right, to address issues. But it was um, frankly repulsive in this other school, and they, they should be embarrassed. And even in our worst condition, it's nothing nothing compared to what I saw last night. So I'm glad we're moving on with a new service. We're, we're going to be employing new ways to manage them better, but. Uh, um, it's a big step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's going to be great. Community relations, Mr. Holland. Okay, could read through what happened in discussion already. Um, <laughs> we met on Wednesday, December 5th. In attendance were myself, Mrs. Temple, Mr. Lucio, Mr. Vice, and Dr. Foster. Um, we talked about um, workshops for parents and students, um, and we've isolated on internet safety, call to action, and suicide prevention. Um, we talked about um, Pond uh, with the call to action. Uh, George Scott will, will be returning to discuss mental health with eighth grade students during the day and then um, a facilitator workshop for parents in the evening. Uh, additionally, Pond is inviting a speaker to provide assemblies for all students around anti-bullying efforts as well. Um, internet safety, 
Um, we're working on a, uh, a, a workshop for parents, and Mr. Vice has agreed to work with him to create a plan for the presentation and um, to be determined for the date the topics to be discussed. Um, um, then we also, the last thing is, uh, we, we talked about communication, you know, that, that's an issue that we, you know, we're all concerned with, you know, and it's something you know, we want to be as transparent as we can be. Um, Mr. Vice uh, was going to share information at the next meeting with us that he learned at the NJSDO convention regarding district's use of Facebook and other social media, and then we also discussed other ways um, to communicate to change the command protocols and get ahead of the issues that arise. So, um, more to come with it. Thank you. Thank Questions? You. Seeing none, um, our ad hoc security meeting, which has not been so ad hoc lately, it's been <laughs> monthly. Uh, so, Scott? Yeah, hawk -ish. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, we met on December 4th at 8 a.m. Nice time. Mm -hmm. Those in attendance were Sharon DeRito, Kevin Officer Kevin Colgan, Officer Melissa Alonzo, uh, Mike Pulaski, Chief Nitty, Scott Kibbett, Dan Schaefner, Kim Keener, Mr. Young, myself. Beth Brooks and Dr. Foster. <coughs> we discussed several topics, so I'll try to be brief, but we welcome Dan Schaefer, our Robinsville Township Fire Chief, to the committee and look forward to his contributions and to strengthen our safety in the school district. Uh, we talked about security training for secretaries in office. Jeff Gale has served as a coordinator for school preparedness and emergency planning through the Department of Education. We'll come to the district on the next in-service day, February 15th, to conduct security training secretaries and office personnel. We talked about Stop the Bleed campaign and training. Dr. Foster is reaching out to the Mercer County superintendents to invite them to Robinsville to participate in training through the Stop the Bleed campaign. Um, I guess I'll read this. Please see the blurb from the website. A person who is bleeding can die from blood loss in as little as five minutes. Therefore, bystander intervention can be crucial to saving a life. Stop the Bleed is a nationwide campaign to empower individuals to act quickly and save lives. District personnel will be trained in how to apply a tourniquet. The district will purchase tourniquets to be placed next to the AEDs in each of the schools. Um, school safety specialist training. Kim Keener and Molly Avery serve as a district school safety specialist. They recently attended training on November 16th for threat assessment and fulfilled all required training for the district role. Um, we also talked about other topics, so we hope to continue to build a relationship with our SROs so students feel comfortable reaching out to them. I think this is a very important area, something that um, I think our officers are doing a great job and it's only going to get better to where they feel like they're part of the student population, so that's very critical in my mind. Uh, training, we're very interested in having both staff and students trained to respond in active shooter scenarios before contracting someone named John Moore training. Molly will let us know where we are with the implementation of Alice training. Other items, Officer Scott Kibbett talked about the Rapid Response Partnership. Robinsville hosted drill at the end of January. Officer Kevin Colgan led the committee, let the committee know that all Pond students will practice a lockdown drill during lunchtime so students know how they should respond. So we're being very proactive, a lot of good things going on. Officer Alonzo um, at Sharon School is also conducting training during time where students are at lunch in the cafeteria and at the media center and on the playground. 
Dan Schaefer offered to help donate fire hoses with um, interior interior door um, lockdown strategies. And um, Rich let our SROs know that they have received many compliments about their active presence in the schools. And I don't think this board could be any more prouder than what our SROs are doing in our community, in our schools, and with the board. So if they were here, I'd just them. get up and shake their hands <laughs> and give them all up because they're doing a great job. And I mean that. So if you see them, say hello. And you don't have to tell them a great job because you don't maybe don't know better, but just say thank you. Thank you, Scott. Questions from the board? Seeing none? Uh, we're moving on to public comment agenda items only. This has changed a little bit, so just bear with me for a second. Um, time may be allotted for public comment at this meeting. Members of the public wishing to address the Board of Education on both agenda and non-agenda items must state their name, address, and the group, if any, that they represent. A member of the public shall not be permitted to speak until he or she is recognized by the presiding officer. In accordance with District Policy 0167, each comment shall be limited to three minutes. No participant may speak more than once. No dialogue between the speaker and or the board and or superintendent shall exceed the three-minute time limit provided there herein. Although the board encourages public comment, it reserves the right through its presiding officer to terminate remarks and or by any individual not in keeping with the conduct of a proper and efficient meeting. In adherence to protocol established by the New Jersey School Boards Association, the board will use this public comment period as an opportunity to listen to resident concerns but not to debate issues or enter into a question and answer session. Issues raised by members of the public may require review and investigation and may or may not be responded to by the board or superintendent during the meeting. All comments will be considered and a response will be forthcoming if and when appropriate. So we open the floor to the public for agenda items only, keep in mind. Yes, ma'am. My name is Debbie Bella. I'm the president of the Robbinsville Education Association. Good evening. I'm here tonight uh, to share and um, provide valuable insight about the negative impact while using the difference card. The information I will share with you now affects the majority of staff who purchase health care insurance through the district. Since July 1st, when the difference card program was implemented, Ms. No, this isn't really an agenda item. There's another comment period coming up. I want to hear your questions and I will have a response for you. Okay. But adhering to our new policy, I ask you to remain to, to uh, bring it up at the end. At the end of the period. Yeah, there's another comment period coming okay. up. Okay, thank you. Yes, ma'am. In um, Lauren Archer, I'm a middle school teacher and Con Road. In going on this what Mr. Vice was saying, um, uh, Detective Colgan has really um, one of my students, I teach the um, students with multiple disabilities, and one of them is like in love with Officer Colgan, and <laughs> he has just spent, in everything else that he has to do, he has taken the time to talk to my student and um, help him with a reward program, and just tries to make him and all of my students happy. And so I just wanted to also say that about Officer Colgan, because he does a really nice job with our students, especially Thank the ones that are really for him. Great to hear. Okay. Kathy will give more raise next yeah, year. Absolutely. Other members of the public? Shana. Um, Shana Siakio at Nine Cannery Court. Just also going off what she said, I just want to commend Officer Alonzo, RSRO. She also goes on field trips with the kids, if you guys don't know. So she was recently just on a field trip. They went to Friendly's in the firehouse. I mean, what an awesome field trip. But she goes with them, and she's, you know, and, and my son is just in love with her. So, I mean, he's so excited to see her. So he just has such a positive relationship already um, with the police. And 
I just can't say enough good things, especially about her. Okay. And we know we've heard many great things about Officer Vincent over the past few yeah. years. Exactly. So yeah. Not to leave him out. I'm thrilled that we have these officers. Other members of the public for on agenda items? Commission Canani Cypress Street. I don't know if this is, belongs to this part of the question. Well, as long as it's on the agenda at this point. If it's related to what's on the agenda. Yeah, uh, that's why I'm trying to see if okay. it is. If not, please stop me. I'll stop and I ask them late, later on. Sure. Um, two questions I have. One of the questions that I have is um, if we don't get our answer from the last meeting, when do we address them? And are we going to get our answers? Because it's been already one month. And uh, Why don't you send the question to the president who's ever sitting in this chair next month? and. That person will forward them on to the appropriate people. Okay, person. but even though if the, if the question has already been addressed here and everybody heard it? Well, if it's been addressed, then it's answered, right? Okay. So, it, but if it's not no, addressed, it you'll bring it down to one of us and we'll work on it. Yep. Okay. Next. And the next question that I have is um, about the suggestion that I brought up about you guys, you, as what you just read to us, that you are not supposed to uh, discuss um, any items or anything that you may take back to us. So the suggestion that I brought up was, uh, are you guys able to have um, given the uh, public a day or a night once a month that we can talk to you actually guys and you guys can, can actually talk to us about the stuff that we need to discuss? This, this yeah, it's something question. we can look at. It's not something we do now, but we can bring it up with the board. Because I brought it up last yeah. month. So. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Thank All right, you. Thank you. Okay. There, I mean, there's likely legal implications to something like that. I mean, you're governed by the Open Public Meetings Act, so that's something that I'll discuss with the board, what those legal ramifications are. So when more, more than five of us get together, it's an open public meeting, and it changes the whole dynamic, so it may not be permitted, is what you say. Okay, so yeah. it means that you guys get back to us, or that's it? Well, we always try to get back to you, and I'm telling you, if Dr. Foster or Dr. Two doesn't get back to you, whoever's sitting in this chair, send the question to them, and they will make sure that they do. Okay. Okay, thanks. there. Uh, Darren McCool, 29 Cooper Road. Um, going from the agenda item of teacher retention, <laughs> going from 31 down to 9 is, for, you know, that's a, definitely a second right direction. My question is, usually when I hear those statistics broken down, it's broken down to planned turnover and unplanned turnover. So I'm wondering, is that number drop because we just happen to have more retirements the previous year, or do we actually, are we actually seeing the true gain in your teacher retention. So usually when the stats come, it's usually like a turnover ratio. Then you usually have a planned turnover ratio and then unplanned turnover ratio. Are we tracking those numbers? I was, mm -hmm. how, how do we, do, do we, are we truly seeing better teacher retention? Yeah, I, I would say yes, because year to year, the, the retirement resignations are consistently the same number. Okay, so that's a great question. You know, hopefully we'll continue. Hope so. Yeah. Thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you, sir. Other members of the public? Yes, sir. I leave Breeden to Abington Lane here in Robbinsville. Uh, last month I addressed or regurgitated the uh, Internet Awareness Night. <laughs> now, Craig spoke about it uh, in the community relations uh, part of the meeting. And he discussed a workshop as opposed to now, is that different from a Internet Awareness Night, which is what I want and I think a lot of other people want because a workshop is one thing, but when we did the Opioid Awareness Night, you hear the horror stories. And that's what I want the kids to hear because they think that, well, you know, this can't happen to me. That only happens on 48 hours on TV, something like that. So 
What, what is it? We're, we're still in the planning stage, okay. um, but I agree with you that those are the kind of things the kids need to hear. Um, the reason, the whole reason we brought it up, you know, and about all that stuff, the anti-bullying, the call to action, everything is to get the kids to understand, you know, the trial tribulations people have gone through, that kind of stuff, you know, for not doing the right things and everything. Okay. So believe me, the, the, we want the message to be, you know, well, Strong. at least I do, mm -hmm. uh, want it to be the same message that you're talking about, okay. but we're still in the planning stage. So, um, we'll, we'll keep or maybe it's both. So, I like yeah. the idea. Yeah. Okay. Right. Thank you. Other members of the public? Seeing none, we're going to close public comment and move on to approval of the minutes. Be resolved the Robins Board of Education approve the minutes of the following meetings November 27, 2018, executive session, and November 27, 2018, public session. Motion to approve? Second. Second. Discussion? Roll call, please. Miss D? Yes. Mrs. DeVito? Yes. Mr. Galuccio? Yes. Mr. Hom? Yes. Mr. Heilman? Um, abstain from exec and yes to public. Uh, which meeting? Oh, it's only one. Sorry. <laughs> Mrs. Temple? Yes. Mr. Vice? Yes. Mrs. Luciano? Yes. Mr. Young? Abstain on both. Motion carries. Okay. Um, moving on to, can I have a resolution to authorize sidebar agreement between the Robinsville Board of Education and the Robinsville Education Association, a motion involving K-8 clubs that have been meeting since the beginning of this year, and they will receive the full stipend amount as noted in the board agenda. Can I have a motion so to if, approve? And if they're new, they'll, they'll be prorated. And if they're new, they'll be prorated for that. Mostly new. Second. Okay. Who is the first? Jane. Jane Stoller from Leslie. <laughs> Sorry. Discussion? Roll call, please. Miss D? Yes. Mrs. DeVito? Yes. Mr. Galuccio? Yes. Mr. Hom? Yes. Mr. Heilman? Yes. Mrs. Temple? Yes. Mr. Vice? Yes. Mrs. Luciano? Yes. Mr. Young? Yes. Motion carries. Can I have a motion to approve re resolutions for personal items 8.1 through 8? So moved. Second. Discussion? Roll call. Miss D? Yes. Mrs. DeVito? Yes. Mr. Galuccio? Yes. Mr. Hom? Yes. Mr. Hyman? Yes. Mrs. Temple? Yes. Mr. Vice? Yes. Mrs. Luciano? Yes. Mr. Young? Yes. Motion carries. Can I have a motion to approve education development and policy items B.1 through 9? So moved. Second. Roll call. Discussion, I'm sorry. So do we have to amend? One, Kathy, please plug some things in there. And then where's one? Mm -hmm. um, we can accept, and then we'll, what we'll do is we'll modify next okay. time. Yeah, because there were two that we need to just, just tweak. Yeah, yeah, we can put some. Yes, yeah, something yeah. missing. Yep, yeah, exactly. Thank you. Uh, Exchange. Roll call, please. Miss D? Yes. Mrs. DeVito? Yes. Mr. Galuccio? Yes. Mr. Hom? Yes. Mr. Heilman? Yes. Mrs. Temple? Yes. Mr. Vice? Yes. Mrs. Luciano? Yes. Mr. Young? Yes. Motion carries. Motion to approve finance facilities and transportation items C.1 through 3. So moved. Second. Discussion? Roll call. Ms. D? Mrs. DeVito? Yes. Mr. Galuccio? Yes. Mr. Hom? Yes. Mr. Heilman? Yes. Mrs. Temple? 
abstain from C2A. Yes, please. Let's just take a quick look. Okay. Um, Mr. Vice? Yes. Mrs. Luciano? Yes. Mr. Young? Yes. Motion carries. Thank you. Could I have a motion to approve transportation items A, approve the completion of the school bus emergency evacuation drills? Or is that part of my... Oh, no, it's, we're, we're on D. We're going on, I'm sorry, going on to That's D. Okay. My first mistake tonight. The <laughs> <laughs> only one this whole year. My first on my last year. meeting. Can I? I'm over this. So. <laughs> Don't Can make I, him throw the gas. Somebody else's. Come on. Can I have a motion to approve uh, Robinsville Extended Day Program D.1? So moved. Second. Discussion? Roll call? Misty? Yes. Mrs. DeVito? Yes. Mr. Galuccio? Yes. Mr. Hom? Yes. Mr. Hyman? Yes. Mrs. Temple? Yes. Mr. Vice? Yes. Mrs. Luciano? Yes. Mr. Young? Yes. Motion carries. Okay, moving on to our second public comment session on agenda and not agenda items. Time for this allotted, allocated, pardon me, for public comment. That time may be allocated for public comment at this meeting. Members of the public wishing to address the Board of Education on both agenda and non agenda items must state their name, address, and the group of any that they represent. A member of the public shall not be permitted to speak until he or she is recognized by the presiding officer. In accordance with District Policy 0167, each comment shall be limited to three minutes. No participant may speak more than once. No dialogue between the speaker and the board and or the superintendent shall exceed the three-minute time limit provided herein. Although the board encourages the public to comment, it reserves the right through its presiding officer to terminate remarks and or by any individual not keeping with the conduct of a proper and efficient meeting. In adherence to protocol established by the New Jersey School Boards Association, the board will use this public comment period as an opportunity to listen to resident concerns, but not to debate issues or to enter, a question and, or to enter into a question and answer session. Issues raised by members of the public may require review and investigation and may or may not be responded to by the board or superintendent during the meeting. All comments will be considered and a response will be forthcoming if and when appropriate. The floor is open. Ms. Bellin. Again. Debbie Bellin, I'm the president of the Robinsville Education Association. We're here tonight to provide valuable insight about the negative impact while using the difference card. The information I will share with you now affects the majority of staff who purchases health care insurance through the district. Since July 1st, when the difference card program was implemented, the Robinsville Education Association has logged over 150 formal complaints ranging from the difference card being denied at, healthcare, at a health care provider to having to make numerous calls to rectify payment issues to having to lay out a lot of money to have a procedure done. That number only includes those who have currently filled out the form provided by the union. I'd like to ask you, has the district taken steps to log the issues? And has the board heard about them? If you have, what are you hearing? But more importantly, what are you doing to rectify the issues? I'd like to begin my comments with a concern that may surprise the board and the public. Unfortunately, some health care providers are requiring payment or the deductible upfront to ensure payment. This has created a hardship on employees who must prepay the deductible and wait to be reimbursed. Money is not reimbursed by the difference card until after services are completed. This may take a couple of months 
if the treatment program runs several weeks like physical therapy. Never in our history of healthcare benefits have we had a system where payment was required first. Your employees cannot afford to prepay for healthcare beyond the cost of the copay. Please be aware that not everyone has a spouse or a partner. Many are single parents. Many are the sole income for his or her household. Many do not have a credit card with a credit card limit which enables them to put the payment on the card and wait for payment from the difference card. Oftentimes the payment takes weeks, long after the credit card payment is due. Here's an example. An employee's son had to have surgery for tonsil and adenoid removal. Because of the copay, she was required to front $2,500 and to submit for reimbursement. She did not have that money readily available and had to reschedule his surgery until later in the summer. I have been told by staff that they are reluctant to use the health care insurance and the difference card because of the numerous issues and they are afraid to be left with large health care costs. They are afraid of it negatively impacting their credit if something gets lost or a payment doesn't get made on time. This is detrimental to the overall health of the people we work with. According to several teachers who are experiencing infertility, the new insurance is not equal or better, and they've had nothing but issues when trying to get treatments. It has taken an already stressful situation and added layers upon layers of stress. Here's a statement from an infertility doctor to an employee. The doctor said, and I quote, this insurance isn't like your previous policy at all. Between the co-insurance and the deductibles, it's completely different from any other teacher insurance we deal with. Coverages aren't the same, and the patient is the one who loses out, end quote. I could provide many more examples, but I have a three-minute limit. However, upon request, if the board would like more evidence about the human factor cost, I'd be happy to sit with you. Let's be clear. These issues are not because employees don't understand the new protocols. These are fundamental problems with Aetna and the difference card employees not being aware of new procedures, deductibles, etc. There are now deductibles, higher co-pays, and staff is spending hundreds of hours trying to figure it all out. These issues continue still and it's late December. One would think that the bugs would have been resolved by now. Difference card personnel have been at school several times to provide training, but the reality is this. Unless you are encountering an issue, the sessions are meaningless. I have wondered, are these even bugs, or is this the new reality? If so, we have a problem. Another consideration the board failed to consider or ignored when implementing the difference card and choosing lesser health insurance was the tremendous impact with regard to coverage and the additional work for the user. I can ensure you that the district's insurance broker is constantly called to handle issues. I know that I have fielded an enormous amount of emails and telephone calls. My job title does not make me an expert, but I do help direct the REA members. The union members have been inundated with difference card issues and they need help. Deb, we're in, oh, it's still in a rule regarding comments and we're already violating our three minute policy. I have heard your complaints personally. I've heard them from Dr. Foster. I heard them from staff. Just last week we had, we had a finance committee meeting and I directed Dr. Foster and Ms. Brooks that we want to see the difference card rep in our next finance committee meeting in January because I do find it's unacceptable. We've heard these stories. We've heard good things as well, but I've heard the horror stories and, and, and frankly it shouldn't be. So this guy who, or company who runs the difference card will be at our next finance meeting and they're going to make it right or we're not going to do it again, in my opinion. 
They have an obligation. They have an obligation to do it, right. Would you mind sharing your letter with Dr. Foster? Yeah. She will share it with the board. Very good. Yeah. So obviously there are changes and, and they aren't acceptable. They shouldn't be. And we're, we're committed to making it right. Can we attend that meeting? Uh, it's generally it's a, it's a committee of so not public meetings. We but take I, I brought this up a week we ago. What? Thank you. We don't want to take myself out of the meeting. We can have a separate meeting with. Um, I want to hold it. Yeah. I can tell you it's just a like, shame that this didn't get to me until tonight. I agree. So thank you for bringing this out. The board will see this and yep. take appropriate action if necessary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm meeting with them Thursday. Thursday? Yeah, that's right. I know. We're going to hear it. Thank you. All right. And if you want to share some of your examples with us specifically, that would be helpful as well. You said you had a list of you said you had others, but if you want to share I have, those, I can do a whole Excel spreadsheet. That would be helpful because then when we meet with this representative, uh, who's ever on this committee next month, we will bring that bring those into attention. And just so you know, okay, person should be speaking right now. Right. I'm sorry. Only one person should be speaking right now. That's the person that the Ms. Brooks. Um, just so you know, I do have a meeting with the company, both the. Aetna Health Benefit Rep and the Difference Card Rep this Thursday. If there's anything you'd like to share with me before I meet, I'm meeting to address any issues that were passed that are still current and ongoing. So we want to resolve any issues, and I'd be happy to take any comments. But I we can also get. want this rep at our next. No, as, as well, but this is just my meeting with my staff and their staff to go over open issues. So, Deb, did you hear that? If you can have it, if you have uh, your spreadsheet by Thursday. I'm meeting at 2 o'clock. This Thursday? If not, it will wait till. That's a different our, meeting. She's meeting. She's I'm meeting personally. If you have anything, that's all. Well, here's the problem with sharing the spreadsheet with you. I can give it to you without somebody's name attached to it because of privacy. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. That doesn't, but that doesn't solve their problem. I mean, today's latest issue. I read these things every day. You know, um, the difference card had not made payment to somebody, and she had to pay the credit card bill herself and have, it was several hundred dollars. I mean, it's things like that. Uh, or going... And it and wasn't what we were told when we approved this program. Right. Or going with, to so a doctor and being correct. told that you're at a chiropractor so we, you know, they're not swiping yeah. the card. Right. When you're at a podiatrist. We were told a different story and they, they need to fix it. Okay. Thanks. Anyone else? Please reach out to me if you, if you, if you have questions, if you read, if you read my comments. Appreciate it. Okay, thank thank you. you. Other members of the public, other issues? Brian. Hi, everybody. Uh, Brian Hayes, uh, 10 Emily Court. Um, I came across a story today actually at work, and I just thought it would be relevant to share. Um, Dictionary.com each year releases uh, its word of the year. Uh, and in 2018, it was misinformation. Hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I, we, we were sort of um, meeting as a foundation staff to discuss, you know, how we might, uh, through our philanthropy, address this issue of sort of the, the pervasive viral contagion that is fake news. Um, and, you know, it, it's just something that I, I was struck by. Um, as recently as 10 years ago, you know, we were not sending Snapchats, we were not uh, posting pictures on Instagram. Uh, and the data that was revealed at this meeting was that in every single minute, uh, I, I want to get the numbers right, 500,000 
Snapchat photos are shared, 500,000 uh, tweets are posted, 40,000 Instagram photos, 40,000 Google searches, you get the idea. Um, so while misinformation has been pervasive throughout human history, uh, the access, the, the tsunami of, of uh, information today is such that we really need to equip um, students in particular with, um, I would say, the ability to combat fake news. Um, each time we you know, click on a photo, each time we share, each time we post something that is not verifiably true, we're contributing to the viral contagion. Um, and this is not a, a partisan statement. I mean, this is something that all of us should get behind. Um, and it's something that, frankly, um, as, a, as a concerned resident of Robbinsville, I, I think it would be great if Robbinsville could really lead on this issue. Um, and there are you know, a number of organizations that are doing really fantastic work around combating fake news. Uh, whether or not that should be something that is sort of enveloped under the internet safety meeting or if it's something completely separate, um, I think the more we are up to speed on the pervasiveness of the issue, uh, the extent to which all of us, uh, whether it's intentional or unintentional, are contributing to the problem, it needs to be acknowledged. And I think that um, at times we don't always want to talk about it uh, because we know people who are contributing to this issue. Um, but, you know, I know that one of our Robbinsville Ready skills is, is, is all about being informed uh, citizens and, and cultivating civic engagement. Um, and I think it's something that, you know, we can begin to do in, in early grade levels right through high school is uh, equipping students, equipping teachers with the resources to, to decipher fact from fiction. Um, so leave you with that and, Thank and you. hope Great. that this is something that our town can get behind. It's a Thank you. local, state, and national problem. Yep. It's yep. pervasive. It's a good idea probably to do something there. Thank you very much. Other members of the public? Yes, sir. Uh, well, spoke once. Our role is once. That's once per session. One, one per session. No, one okay. per session. He's right. You're, You're right. He read it. Follow the rules. Derek Cool 29 Goofer Road. Um, so I kind of mentioned last time I was here about um, questions around us having updated protocols and policies around school closings for inclement weather. Mm -hmm. And thank you, Dr. Foster, for your response mm -hmm. to your emails. Um, also, when I was here last time, Ron was able to put me in touch with Dino, who is the director of our um, mm -hmm. public works mm -hmm. for the township of Robbinsville. Mm -hmm. Him and I had a great conversation for about an hour. He gave me like a, an FAQ sheet of how they plow, how long it takes them, how many employees they have. And then he also outlined some opportunities for better communications. For example, right now he says, the school board in your email says, you go through the police and sometimes mm -hmm. the police reach out to him. He also says he didn't have any way to call you directly back. So in other words, if it was snowing more, there was no way for him to proactively say, hey, the snowfall, if it was snowing, let's say 9 a.m., 10 a.m., there's no way for him to reach back into the school board or even back to you right now. He doesn't have a channel to say, hey, it's snowing harder. Phone. It's snowing harder than it was. You might want to. I think they all have cell phones. Cell phones. Yeah. He said he didn't have any contacts. Oh. So I have his cell phone. So the other thing he said is, for example, is the Department of Public Works doesn't have the school bus routes. So if they were to prioritize plowing, if the you know, snow happens during the school day, they couldn't. So he's willing to engage with the Board of Education to help build a more robust protocol. I just wasn't sure, is anyone on the board taking this up? I know it was supposed to go to a committee, but I didn't hear about it today in any of the committee reports. So I was just asking where we are with that. 
think yeah, it was just good to you consider and yeah. look at over the next mm -hmm. couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay. Other members of the public? Mr. McGowan. Mike McGowan, Southern Thistle Place. Um, Rich, I just want to thank you for this past year and your leadership. I know it hasn't been easy on you personally, professionally. Uh, you've been through the ringer. Uh, you had a very, I think, unfairly difficult year, but you walked through it, and I don't think anybody else could the way you did. So I just want to thank you as a resident. Thank personally. you very much. I'm not speaking for anybody else. I appreciate that. Um, I thought you were really a smart guy, but I found out you bought a boat. Um, I have a boat. I'm on my second one. I couldn't get anybody to steal my first one. So, you know, if you really want to lose net worth, buy a boat. Um, the second thing, um, active shooter. Uh, I just took that training a month mm -hmm. ago. Um, pretty, pretty wide eye-opening. And the blood loss is everything. And for people, I think every kid ought to take that training, to be honest with you. I mean, it's a life survival issue. Uh, the Boston Marathon bombings, so few deaths came of that. I mean, a lot of people were mangled, lost limbs, but because there were so many first responders on scene right there as the marathon was ending, you know, right where, where these bombs went off, they were able to stop the bleeding. I think the average person, depending on their size, has 7 to 11 pints of blood in them. If you lose 30% or more, it's over. It's lights out. Stop the bleeding. Mm -hmm. And the ideas they come up with to help stop it is, is everything. And I don't think that versus panicking, you can really help save yourself and save uh, other people's lives. Um, the internal door locks, they actually had film of the uh, naval yard shooting, the one in San Bernardino, and one other one that I can't recall. And uh, they showed the shooter. They had them on video going through, and if they came to a door that was locked, they moved on because they want quick hits, you know. So those internal locks are really critical and key. Uh, lock the doors, get everybody to, to a corner and hide and be quiet. So Interestingly, think, on that note, our last security meeting, we discussed um, tourniquets mm -hmm. for, yeah. for students and teachers and teaching them how That's to use difficult. it. That's um, difficult. Deploying toys, to, to, tools, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. to lock the doors. I mean, we have locks in most, but employing tools to, to do that. you got to get the, 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 and, the uh, professional tourniquets because yeah. they, we, we were ordering you have to really crush their own order. the muscle against the bone. And we're also looking at training, so, you know, offering training for students in terms of self-defense. and What's the term? Alice. 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 Yeah. Alice. Yeah. Alice. I'll tell you, after taking that training, I wish I had had that when I was a kid. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you. Other members of the public? Seeing none, moving on. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Yeah. Uh, my name is Kamalik. I am doing graduating on this school district, and I have four degrees in high school now. I, I come here once a year, and I know there's a, uh, it's a new year coming up. Uh, I've had my discussions with the board and as well as the uh, superintendent about, you know, the English and language arts curriculum and, and the need for kids to write better, okay, and every year I just do not see any improvement with my child, even though she gets A's in English, but uh, I think it's a real, and I think it's systematic with all the public schools, it's systemic, is an issue. Uh, we don't teach our kids to write well, okay, and if you're preparing them for college, for the work world, 
we need to do better. Okay, I'm just going to hand out uh, my correspondence to the superintendent back and forth over the last couple of years. Give them to me and I'll get them to the board. Okay. Okay, thanks. Well, I want to make sure every board member. They will. We'll make sure. We promise. That's what we promise. That's all. You know, I come once a year. I see if there's any improvement. I'm not blaming teachers. Yeah. Not at all. It's a matter of the curriculum. Okay, what the teachers are allowed to teach or what they do teach. It's based on the curriculum. We got to do better. Okay. Thank you very much. Right. Other members of the public. Seeing that, moving on to old business and new business. Just one uh, comment. Um, it's really uh, as we look at the changes we're making out back. It was an accident, a parent accident. Uh, two parents in a car accident in the parking lot. And uh, one of those parents called me. I told to escalate, but I'm, I'm just going to say, just looking at the safety with all the drivers we have out there of the markings, and um, there was a recommendation which sounded reasonable to me that we think about in the back of RHS making the outside perimeter one way, because it. And, and I have to say, it is very confusing when you're turning out. And, uh, and there's somebody who you don't expect, particularly the front. There's not a lot of room when people are pulling over to pick up kids and you're trying to get by and then somebody's coming the other direction. Is one way? Then it's not labeled well, I would say. So if we can, if we can look at, yeah, if we can look at the arrows, because I think they're probably very faded from weather and stuff. And as we're doing the back, that seems like a quick fix we can make. Yeah, make it more right. visible, right? And, yeah. Oh, and I guess they were asking me about something 39, Article 39, is are, are parking lots governed so that police officers can give tickets on the perimeter of our, what is it? Title 39. Title 39, because it's not motor vehicles. Are our parking lots? That I don't know. Oh. So, the, so that's a question, because if it is, we have to like comply with all of the everything that they likely to return. Yeah, most likely. Jane, can I just ask, what, which specifically the road are you talking about? Pond Road High School or, or the high school or Pond Road? The high school. In the high school, the perimeter. So if you go to the front like of the, the school. Like the front of the school and the perimeter in front? No, the back. the back. You go to the, but the but the front of the parking lot that's most close to the school. I didn't know that that was one no, way. No, it's one way. It's one way. You can turn I think it's actually one way, way. signs. No, it's two way. Posted. It's up before the circle. There's a part that's two way and there's a part right? that's, that's one way. way. I thought, but it's, no matter what, it's not labeled well. I think there's actually signs though, like, like street signs that it say shows one arrow. way, like an arrow. Well, there, the exit is one way. On both ends. That doesn't mean the whole. The kids off by the back Correct. Of yeah, but that right before you get to the circle, I'm pretty sure there are, there are mm -hmm. the arrows on the pavement that one this way, one that yes. way. Then you've got There's something all the confusing way. about the arrows that are pinned. I didn't. So I'll send you an aerial. Thank you. And, and it, yeah. Okay. And can you take a look at the signage and, and arrows and maybe that's. Great length, but we, okay. we can just look at it. Maybe for the next XFFT meeting, I think because it's a municipal company, it's Title 39. Okay, I'm going to do this all of it. Yeah.
I have one thing. One thing I'd like to, our board to do, and our district to do, and ideally in 2019, is look at the pervasive problem of vaping. Mm -hmm. I know it's an issue in our high school. We had a friend who was on the Today Show this morning when they did a segment. Oh, really? he was, he's a senior at Hope High School. Um, talked about vaping and how bad it is there. I know it's bad here. It's bad in the middle school. So we've done, I think, a great job in looking at drug programs over the past couple of years. Maybe the district could do the same with vaping. I know Anna did a uh, vaping workshop for parents at that one night, and we yeah. can probably do a repeat um, at the middle school and other places. Yeah, I think she did a great job. That great article and that great article, yeah. About how um, alcohol and drug use is down, but nicotine, nicotine uses up. Nicotine right. vaping. It's, it's vaping. interesting to me, yeah. and I've said this to my kids, that the first generation has all of the data in their hand, and we see cigarette usage going down, yeah. right. the fact that big tobacco has just found another product right. and is, it's is giving it to the kids and saying, right. it's the first generation that's going to go the opposite direction because right. they're going to be right. addicted to a new form and big tobacco just laughs at because yep. it, to the extent that it doesn't already yeah. own those companies, it's in the process of buying them right. as well as buying into the marijuana legalization right. companies. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's fascinating to see our we, new we generation. Molly has a a drawer full of these things, but it bothers me when I see sixth graders. Right. Yeah. Agreed. There were sixth yeah. graders last year talking about it. It's crazy. And eighth graders. You know, they <laughs> yes. So, uh, you know, Kathy, I think workshops or, or parent meetings are great, and assemblies are great, but it's one thing that I would just suggest is that if there's a way for us to continue on whatever mechanism, the school website, should we ever have a Facebook, you know, to put more data out there because I think we give we give a a lot of times a one shot by having um, you know uh, 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 an evening and sometimes we don't get a lot of parents to come out for that evening but if we can memorialize some of that stuff and, and we know. usually post um, some of the powerpoints on the website but we should just reserve the space that's what I'm saying yeah yeah, yeah that's a great idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And is there something that needs security in terms of safety detectors? We did. We, we did. did. Yeah. There's issues with them. But maybe it's an assembly we can do. It's something you can do internally. Maybe a parent awareness night in the spring. Yeah. You know, it's a problem. It's getting bigger, and it's we should have a role in. Right. Agree. At least trying to, to uh, step mm -hmm. in. And and you know, and quite frankly. Some of it is about how much money we put in the hands of younger parents. Of course. The kind of money that it costs, they're expensive. You know, I, I have thrown them away from my from my 21 year old and he has said to me, Mom, you know how expensive it is? Yep, don't buy it again. You know. They're targeting. Sit in my it, house and throwing it out. Yeah. And everything. It's very Rich, bad. you were saying that there are problems with detectors? Yeah, they're not always foolproof is what we've come to learn, right? So they're very expensive, and they don't they don't always work. Yeah, that's what we looked at. We looked at that. We explored that whole thing, and there's not enough tape to go out to make it. The return doesn't necessarily make it make it detected. Yeah, they're making it gets clearer, clearer, and harder to And part of the problem is there is no way to know what's in the vape or what's in the pen. You don't know. Right. Um, whether it's strawberry smoke or THC or THC or nicotine, you don't know That's what's right. in the base. Right. right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So. Well, yeah. For the next president yep. well, to, uh, <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> yeah, to, to carry on. <laughs>
Yeah. Any other new or old business? Old business, new business, wherever we're. Well, thank you all. This is a record-setting meeting. Yeah. We have a motion to adjourn. <laughs> so move. So move. Right. Let's Let's move. First. All in favor? Who was it? Opposed? I don't know who did that one. Yeah. Scott would like to stay an extra hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can we have a discussion about a chair? Yeah, exactly. Good idea. Good idea.